welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb. I'm Colin. And I'm Notch. This week's the games are short, so we go long. Enjoy. Hey, look at that. You guys are back. That's nice. Uh, you just said it's nicer uh, to have us back. Uh, it's NASL to have you back too. Uh, God, it's even worse. Um, well, but but it is it is it's good to have some consistency again with our. I, I call you guys our. Uh, what's what's the word on Wikipedia for like the the lineup and the band was really famous like. It's, it's Original the, member? We're not even doing that though. No, no, that's Kyle yeah, Schlenz. Uh, the, um, the Golden Years. The main cast. That makes you guys sound like you're seven years old though. The Golden Years, like. Or the main cast. Main cast. Like in SNL, like they'd say our names, then they, then they said featuring, and they'd say Shane and Sasha. Okay. Yeah. You know? yeah. And uh, yeah. Don I can, Pardo. I can go with that. I, I'm not raising your salary. Musical guest. <laughs> musical guest. Who would be our musical guest? I mean, tectonics. tectonics. Like, you hear them every week. Of course, okay. they're okay. musical okay. guests. Well, but maybe the house have... band. Oh yeah, right. that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so would... man. We'd have to. Why don't yeah. we have Sasha and Shane as a musical guest? I bet they'd make I've heard Shane say no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, it was great. It was great to have Sasha and Shane on last week. It's nice to have you guys back. Maybe we should do some sort of rotation system in the future. Uh, we'll figure that out. Maybe um, Nick isn't here this week, so no witty comments from Nick. He's getting married on Friday. He is. He is. Friday the 13th. I, I don't know why he could, how he has like that as his priority rather than being here and editing this podcast. Like, I mean, like terrible things are going to happen during his wedding because it's Friday the 13th. So he's got to get himself as prepared right, as possible right, right. for every single scenario that comes up. I'm dressing, I mean, up, I'm dressing up as Jason. Right. We're going to be there. So I, it's yeah. good, I actually you know, was going to ask like, how formal is this wedding? Because I don't know what I'm wearing yet. <laughs> Well, that's more of an off my conversation we can have when we're done. I think <laughs> <laughs> it's not like he's really gonna listen to this hey, part anyway. Well, football Weekly, they're talking about not sh- like shampooing your hair for an entire yeah, year. So wild. I think I think we can talk about this stuff on our podcast. Okay. Hey, um, speaking of which, I had you know my weekly question. It was I, it, I, it was too easy to stump Shane and Sasha with the question. That's the one that that would be my one criticism of them is that like it was too easy to be like here's a weird question and then you know with you guys i have to like get be creative so i can like unimpress you in new ways every week so here's here's this week's <laughs> attempt which is we have meat alternatives so you got mock duck satan impossible and beyond meat what other food do you want an alternative to like that meat food alternatives <laughs> you want a meat alternative isn't that just meat you didn't say it needs to be a meat alternative to meat alternatives. I mean, it would just be meat. So, because, like, so, as... I, you know what? I'll accept it. Yeah. I'll accept it. I, I'm, it. I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm married to a vegetarian who used to be a vegan. I am very used to these meat alternatives. Some of them are okay. So, but, but, okay. Now, Caleb, now it's so up to you. You want... Instead of tofu, you want a brick of tofu made out of beef instead. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's just beef. Is, isn't yes. that just rendered beef fat? Like, yeah, oh, oh freaking, yes. Freaking delicious. Please. Colin, put your shirt back on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Caleb, what, what are we getting an alternative to for you? You know what? I want an alternative to ice cream. Why? I'm not a big sweet person. Mm. I don't like sweets. I want more savory stuff. Mm, okay. So like okay. mashed potatoes with like cheese all over top would be like great for me. So you you you're you're like looking for an ice cream alternative. Yeah. Okay. So like, dessert. Like a more savory dessert. Yeah, more savory dessert. Because okay. I'm not a bit bit in the sweets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I mean, a lot of the spiced ice cream, like Izzy's, does. Um, the Norwegian chai is really good. It's mm, a lot more good. like cinnamon spicy. Um, ginger sorbet, like mixing any herbs into a sorbet is really a good choice for that. When we were in uh, Duluth at the beginning of August, um, we went to this ice cream place called Love Creamery, which is a very suggestive name, but <laughs> wow. also very yeah. delicious. I'm sorry about Ben Paddle and OMC uh, Smoked House, which is great places up, up there too. Fantastic but place. They had, they had vegan chai 
frozen treat. I don't tell ice creams. It wasn't that, but it was delicious. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So I, I want an alternative to insects. I refuse to eat insects. Like, I won't do that. But it'd be kind of cool to, like, I guess, have, like, some sort of imitation of what that's like. I was going to say human meat, by the no, way. And no, they have that, no. actually. They have something called, they used to about 10 years ago, have something called hufu. And the guy was like, this is an approximation of what humans taste like in tofu form. And they were like, how did you figure that out? Like, and then he went, how do you... what was that? Someone was calling me over there? And he <laughs> ran away. We, never saw, we haven't seen him since. Well, anyone who's worked uh, there. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Just contact I, us. I think even, or, or maybe maybe an alternative to plums, because plums always, like, they, they're too, like, pooperific. So it's something that you can eat plums, but without all the pooping that comes afterwards. That would be nice. Don't you think? See, I don't have that issue with plums. I don't have that issue with plums either. Oh, no, prunes. I was thinking of prunes. There it is. My, my okay. Bad. Prunes, prunes. I just don't like mean, prunes. I, yeah, I just don't like prunes either, yeah. so... Also, I'd like an alternative to Taco Bell that tastes like Taco Bell, which is nothing <laughs> like Mexican food, like, but doesn't make you diarrhea. I want that a is fair. Crunchwrap Supreme. Doesn't make me want to kill myself afterwards. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> With I, another Crunchwrap Supreme. Do they sell those Doritos taco shells yeah. in the stores? Yeah, they no. do. They do. The taco I've, oh, I've seen them around, those. yeah. Those are really, that's like my number one reason to yeah. think of like Taco Bell. Yeah. I will say this. night. Allianz food tip, the Brasa burrito, it's fantastic, but it's the size of a Taco Bell burrito. Uh-huh. Oh, so it's tiny. It's very tiny. Only one of those for two bucks at Taco Bell. Yeah. How much are they at Allianz? Uh, $50. Thir- 13 I believe. Oh. Which, granted, if you are a huge fan of a Taco Bell burrito, it is the platonic ideal of a Taco Bell burrito, but... That is a small amount of food for thirteen dollars. Yeah, I think I've you been, can say that about just about anything in Allianz. Feel I, I mean, granted, again, the food is delicious, but we got the like sambusas, and you got two little sambusas for what is it like eight dollars or six dollars? Yeah, something, like, something that. like that. And it's like a tiny amount of food. We went to Black Heart later. Six bucks gets you a nice big basket of food. Oh, it's hard to there. But anyway, I have, uh, to, I have to agree with you, Taco Bell. I want a Taco Bell that's actually healthy for you, but like still tastes like regular old Taco Bell. Okay. But then what's the point? You split the taste, which you feel better afterwards. I did eat Taco Bell it, and it, still get fit. Isn't there some sort of philosophy out there where it's like the best, most pleasurable things in life are something that comes with a little bit of pain afterwards? Isn't there some like famous guy who said something about that? Like there, th- that without... Yeah, and he was really into BDSM, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I, I'm fairly certain it was the Marquis de Sade. Oh. Oh God! Don't Google that. Um, Martinez. No, kill him! Oh no, God! Oh God! Oh God! Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Moving along, we remind me not to do a Robert Maplethorpe reference. We are able to do all this horsing around, or as Arnold called, horsing around, uh, because there wasn't a lot of soccer this past week to discuss. So um, we we're gonna talk about the soccer, but before we get into that, I just want to address the ongoing controversy about uh, the political, quote-unquote, political statements uh, that are banned now at MLS stadiums. I've been mostly avoiding it because you guys did such a great job covering it when it first broke and continued to cover it. So I thought, you know, what am I going to add to the situation? Well, today, (laughs) our beloved Minnesota United decided to well, it wasn't exactly today, but in the yeah. in the past weeks, they have waded in by banning all political symbols, even like the Timbers allow it on their shirts. You can have buttons, you know, their players walked in with that stuff. But they, our team has decided, nope, no, no T-shirts even. And we figured this out because apparently someone got stopped going into the Pachuca friendly wearing a T-shirt of this sort. And um, the Wonderwall issued a statement today. So I, I want to talk about that for a brief minute. And... Um, there are some people who are talking about, like, well, you know, uh, sure, the far right is is violent, but uh, so is Antifa. And um, what I want to what I want to point your attention towards is this: as early as or as July, well, as late as July, I should say, as early as ten years ago in the Obama administration, as late as July nineteenth, I think it was, or twenty fourth, something like that. But in July, the director of the FBI came out and said. Overwhelmingly, domestic terror incidents are caused by white supremacists, the far right. 
um, a glance at the news and who's shooting up mosques around the world, shooting up, you know, places in this fine country will tell you it's far right extremists. Um, if you look at who is actually causing violent incidents in MLS, for example, the um, folks who tried to barge into bars in Seattle and then beat up a Seattle Sounders fan, it's the far right. And it's very clear where the problem lies. And, um, you know, for example, I, I happen to think that uh, there are some folks in uh, Chicago on a late night uh, around 4 a.m. after bar close who are not very nice people. And I don't want to be around them. Doesn't mean I want them banned from MLS stadiums, you know, because the chance of them being in an MLS stadium and needing a policy against them is very low. You know what I'm saying? Um, it kind of reminds me of like standing on a sidewalk in front of a busy street and you're telling your friends like, you know, dude, we need some signs here about speeding cars because that's a big problem right now. Cars are the number one thing at this intersection that are causing problems. Uh, the director of FBI has told us that speeding cars are the problem. And then I mean, MLS that's, comes that's and kind says, of an overstretch by the FBI director. Like he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's probably got like some bigger fish to fry. But that, that's why yeah. James Comey NTSB. got fired. Oh. Yeah. Ah, that's why. Breaking news! You heard it here <laughs> yeah. first. So, so, so you're like you're, you're saying like you know the cars are the biggest problem here. And then MLS comes. Like, yeah, yes, cars are the problem, but also falling planes. Uh, and if we have signs against about these cars, we need signs about planes too. And you're like, you know. Honestly, though, just crossing the street, that plane, I mean, maybe there have been planes that have fallen on pedestrians. Like, I could go look it up maybe online and we could, I mean, really, you want, but these cars, like, literally, one just almost hit me. Are, are you sure you wanted, like, and then then some other guy comes and like, what about tricycles? Huh? And then you're like, hey, let's not take this to its logical extreme. Just, literally, just the cars are the problem. Like, everything else, I'm sure, like, in some hypothetical situation somewhere, we could come up with some circumstance. But really, the cars are the problem. And and, you're, and everyone's just bringing up a new mode of transportation. And then it's finally, I'm also like, you know what? You know what? This street is for everybody, okay? And there are going to be no signs about anything anymore because it's just really hard to decide which signs to put up. And then everyone's like, actually, no, it's really not. It's the cars that are the problem. It's not like all these other things. But I was like, yeah, please. And I think these these signs about speeding cars are making the drivers uncomfortable. All right. And, and we need to be conscious about that. So that's how we've ended up with a, with a street that has no signs. And I got into crossing the street because... I like the signs that were helping me cross the street safely. And if you don't make it safe for me to cross the street anymore, maybe I don't want to be at that street intersection and I'm going to go somewhere else to a different intersection, which is properly signed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like go to a town that actually has signs on its streets, like normal people. Right, right, right. And so I, I reflect on this, you know, cause it's like, I don't want to get hit by a falling plane. You know, it's not like something I want to do. Like that's not, you know, but at the same time, and the likeness of that happening or, very slim but those right, cars yeah. are right there right yeah. the car is right there and i'm really actively worried about the car yeah and also like those cars are going really really fast and and you know if we if i spend my money talking about the planes and our time about the planes you're kind of forgetting about the cars and there's less money for putting up signs about the cars and really we're just wasting a lot of time on something that's not going to happen yeah and like, we should be spending talking about the damn cars that are speeding it yeah, like totally make sure that the planes that are flying through are safe and they're not going to crash and they're not going to like and you know drop something off of their cargo hold. Typically, but... I've seen planes falling on people that fire at the plane. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I I don't cars though they they seem to just be dangerous yeah, pedestrians like, in general. Yeah, like they they just drive down the street and you know a lot of people that are driving those cars. They're not looking around and they're just plowing into people. Right. So my thing is we're wasting a lot of time talking about a lot of stuff when the solution is very simple. Be explicitly against the cars, MLS. Be explicitly against the cars, MNUFC. And you know what? If a falling plane someday becomes a problem, you can say, hey, guys, there's a plane falling. With this specific plane, you need to get out of its way. And you can deal with it on a plane-by-plane basis. But maybe we leave the blanket policies for the cars that are coming at you a lot of the time. Does that make sense? 
My only question is this. Why do you hate Rick Ocasek so much? I don't get that reference. I've not been American long enough, apparently. That is the front man for the band The Cars. <laughs> Who's <laughs> going to drive me home? <laughs> very nice. Very nice. All right. With that, let's move on to a segment that we call The Championship. Producer Nick's not here, so I guess I'm going to have to use the recording this time. Are you guys okay with that? It's not the same. It's, it's, it's really not, not the same. same, but go ahead and just do it. But The Championship is a game. Is it a game? Is it a league? No, it's the segment where we discuss America's top leagues, the NWSL and MLS. And NWSL is back. Thank you. Thank you for coming back to us. And the Utah Royals beat the Portland Thorns 1-0. Well, what? What? Wait I mean, uh, yeah, this this game was notable for a, a good uh, Chris and Press cross into Becky Sauerbrunn, of all people, heading to the far post. It was a it was fantastic a header. header by someone that does not score goals. However... Um, this game was also uh, notable for uh, Portland Thorns goalkeeper A.D. French um, suffering some pretty horrific racist abuse in the stands. Um, reports were coming out during the game that somebody was shouting racial slurs at her um, from the crowd. Even members of the crowd were complaining about it. French then went on Twitter confirming that that had happened confirming that that was not the only time that it had happened and it, it it's a stain on the league to even be considering things like this i've heard someone shout offensive shit at tci bank stadium you know what i did i walked up to security and said hey this guy that guy right there is shouting really offensive shit deal with the situation i don't know what where the failure happened because there are like active tweets from people in the section be like i can hear someone saying really offensive crap right now it's really depressing and this is like during the game mm-hmm. so there's been a lot of like well but we had a security person they couldn't figure it out and then we now position the this guy in front of the se- there were thousands of people there how can nobody identify this person yeah I mean, like, why don't we know what they were wearing? Why aren't we looking at a photograph? Like, what what is the problem here? It's it's a failure of the crowd to police itself. It's a failure of the security on staff to be looking out for incidents like this. It's it, there's so much wrong with it aside from just the horrific things that were being said. Ah, man. Well, um, great. We've got into another serious discussion right away on the next game. Uh, I wonder what's going to happen when we start discussing Sky Blue versus North Carolina Courage. Um, Maybe we should discuss a special election in North Carolina. Oh, wait. No, sorry. MLS. No. and uh, well, But this isn't MLS. We can talk politics all we want. It's um, NWSL. Yeah, it, it, it's still depressing. Let's talk about the depressing <laughs> stuff for Sky Blues in this game. Um, like the fact that in losing 2-1 against the Courage, they conceded an own goal in... 55 seconds. That's the fastest goal conceded in NWSL this year. Maybe in its history. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen one like last year that was in like the 40 seconds. Okay. For sure this year. But yeah. I uh, think uh, def- Sky Blue defender Erika Skrosky should change her name to Erika Skrdeflektsky because that's what she did to this ball. It, I mean, it, it boo, was... Boo, that man. Yeah. It, <laughs> if, if this was Benny Failhaber, it, it would be... Um, Skashatsky, I think, but <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, Abby Dahlkemper conceded a penalty. Carly Lloyd scores said penalty for Sky Blues. That penalty, as a Minnesota Twins fan, that sort of hold in the box very clearly was not a penalty. Also, Ron Gant was out. Crystal Dunn, though, coming in, scoring the winner for the Courage, who went 2-1. Rain FC host Orlando Pride in uh, Tacoma on a very, very dark and dreary day. Yeah, it's Tacoma. What do you expect? Not much more. Yeah. Uh, you know what was not dark and dreary about this game, though? Um, Megan Rapino's hair, which was back on the field 
She yes, recovered right. from her, her Achilles injury. The rest of her was on the field as well. Not just her hair. That'd be weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to point that out. I mean, can like, you imagine her she her just pain. walked up and she yeah. just like took her hair or like shaved it and just threw it on the ground. Like, like <laughs> she is an effervescent presence, but let's let's face it. The brightest thing that was on the field I was, squealed was when I saw her and Alex Morgan I know, right? doing a little walk around the pitch after that US WNT game yes. here. I was like, oh, they're there. I felt like the Beatles they're were real. in town. Yeah, like, you know, you watch those pictures of the Beatles and you're like why are all these people screaming and fainting like you don't get it and then the women's national team comes down and like I get this I get this oh pump um, so yeah but uh Rain FC playing Orlando Rapino is back as you said game though effectively over after just 17 minutes yeah because Rain FC scored three times uh oh bye bye and uh you you did have um Jenkins Jenkins got two goals in this game. Darian Jenkins. And the uh, second one coming up, very tight angle. Bevianes gets the third. And then Orlando gets a consolation goal from Camilla. Be good. And uh, you had Chicago Red Stars who played um, Houston this week as well. The Red Stars getting the 3-0 win. Goals coming from Sam Kerr. She's back. Two goals scored. Uh, and then Savannah McCaskill getting the third for the Red Stars. Gasp. Sam Kerr scoring. Hey, that was for a while there. It was yeah, like, like you know, oh, which there she was. I know. Doing very, well. very concerning. I know, but sad. like, I'm very happy she's scoring yeah, more like, than one goal a game now. Hey, did I mention on the podcast that she has a grandmother from India? No, that is cool. She is a quarter Indian. Cool. Grandmother's from Calcutta, um, married some dude, and then they moved to Australia. And it's, uh, yeah, I'm kind of like pretty jazzed about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Top goal scorer and the, one of the top goal scorers in the world is, has like Indian heritage. It's kind of neat. Although Sunil Chetri, world's like top international goal scorer at the moment, past Messi, you know, Inter Miami should sign him. So anyway, where is he playing? Club level? Some team in India. Oh okay. Oh, yeah, okay. I didn't, I didn't mean to bring the down. I, mean, I just wondering if he died. Like if you're gonna abroad. if you're gonna talk about him, like be super proud of him and also know where he plays. Yeah. yeah. It's true. I, I, you know, I haven't been following the Indian Super League this season. But uh, anyway, let's talk about the MLS Major League Soccer. And I'll look up where Sunil Chetri plays. Um, <laughs> New York City FC played New England Revolution. That game ending 2-1 uh, to NYCFC. Yeah, uh, Rev score very early. And then go down 10 men also very early. Yeah. Um, Delamea got sent off for dog. So in the ninth minute, it was a pretty obvious one. It, he was last man, and it was a cynical pull the guy down tactical yeah. foul, um, pro- professional foul there. Uh, basically, anybody on the attack from that's eighty-one I, I minutes. Think it's more like professional, as in like it was like superbly executed to get sent off. You're like, oh, you know, uh, uh, an amateur would have managed to like fuck that up, so the referee had a decision to make. But he was just like, mm, perfect, <laughs> professional. The referee did initially give it as a yellow know, and had to go back to VAR. So maybe you made this. Yeah, still it was. Yeah. It was not like you know one like, of those it, like you I know that it was, for weeks. Yeah, it was clear and obvious eventually. Yeah, but but MSC on the attack for next eighty-one minutes or so. They finally score through Jesus Medina, the Jesus, the Jesus, in the seventieth minute, and then scores a penalty after Matrista sitting down in the box in stoppage time by Andrew Farrell. Yeah, a pretty clear penalty, I think. Yeah. Um and NYCFC, they when they are on, they are looking much more formidable than anyone should have expected this time last year. They're really good at Yankee Stadium. Yes, on the road, they're better than last year. But yeah, the, Yankee Stadium is a fortress for them. They should still build a new stadium. Did rid of that awful pitch. Anyway, <laughs> FC Cincinnati. Speaking of awful, uh, played Toronto, who smashed five goals against them. <laughs> We did six. I mean, come on. Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Like, get it together, guys. FC Cincinnati did manage to get a penalty in the 88th minute. And you're just thinking, like, you, you saw the, the foul happening in the FC Cincinnati players being like, oh, my God, that was a handball. What, what is this? Like, oh, come on, do this. Referee, go review this. And at that point, I'm just thinking, like, you know, 88th minute, like, got five goals yeah. down. Like, what's the point here? And then you're like, wait a minute. They're right now struggling to get off the record for the worst goal differential in MLS history. Uh, maybe they're already there. Yeah, I think it's negative forty-five at the moment. It is negative forty-five at the moment. And the worst was negative thirty-seven 
So somehow Which is a tie between Chivas and DC United in 2013, both those. Right. So you got. Yeah. So they have to make up eight goals. Uh, and, yeah. and so they were like, oh, I, I will take anything. Give us a I penalty, mean, please. Granted, there was actually a good reason because the uh, penalty taker, Mario Ledesma, uh, was also uh, looking to score a goal to honor his late father. So yeah. glad, that, that, glad was, was, that was touching. Yeah. Too bad that everybody in Cincinnati um, had already left in disgust because they were down 5 nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know. Oh, oof. Um, Kikuda Mane is suspended for an extra game. Yay! Cincinnati, you know, they don't need any players. So I mean, he's probably really happy about that. Doesn't yeah. show up to the game, <laughs> just like chill and like, what's going on today? Just call his agent, like, how are the trade negotiations going? <laughs> it's like, no one knows who you are. You're Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can I please get back to the German second division, please? Please? I'll take the third right now. Um, yeah, a bunch of Toronto players scored, including Michael Bradley. Uh, Boo that man. <laughs> Orlando City SC are somehow finding some late season form, tying LAFC 2-2, which kind of keeps them in contention for the playoff spots, which is, you know, yeah. good for them, I guess. The win would have been way better. But uh, LAFC, though, uh, winless in three now. Yes. Crisis, crisis, crisis. Yeah, it's almost like they... Uh aren't that good without Carlos Vela in the squad. I mean, the and MVP makes them a lot better. Weird. Gaps. How did Vela not make the um, 11 uh, best players in, what is it, FIFA? Nine? I think the FIFA game has Zlatan in it. Or the 20 best players. Because but, FIFA doesn't rate MLS. And I, since Vela didn't really have that much success outside of MLS, yeah, like, he's not considered that good of a player. By yeah, like Zlatan world. is still good according to FIFA because he used to play for right, other be, yeah. big clubs. Uh, or so. So any, anyway, in this game, LAFC kicked off the scoring. Um, Numerous deflections off of a set piece is probably the best way that you could describe that goal. Nani and Ruan getting two Orlando goals. Yes, I thought I would spare you oh, this thank time. You. Thank you. Mostly because you obliged me when we were like preparing by saying it yourself. And, and butchering I, it. I said yeah. the last word right, which is the most important one. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go watch that second goal from Orlando. Some excellent passing and a beautiful underlap run by Ruan. Just, it, yeah. It, it was, was fantastic. It was great. Uh, Rossi scores the equalizer for LAFC. They had lots of chances in this game. So did Orlando. Orlando had the post a couple times. LAFC had, I think, two goals called off or offsides. Rightly so. But still, they were yeah. tacking like crazy. Colorado played Seattle. Somehow getting a 2-0 win. Colorado doing well. Two games under Robin Frazier. Two wins? Coach like, of the year. Coach un- of the year, Robin Frazier. Unironically, guys, are Colorado good? Like, I mean, honestly, like I think the stat was... Aside from the first couple of games after Anthony Hudson got fired, they're on, I think, a 1.71 points per game. Like, they have actually been really, really good. Watch out. MLS Cup Champions 2020 uh, right here. Yeah. Uh, It's crazy how bad Anthony Hudson was. Stan Kroenke's probably like, guys, I'm trying to tank the team. What are you doing? (laughs) Okay. Dude, he doesn't even realize he owns that team. That's true. It's really true. Man, your your team's doing pretty badly. You're doing pretty well now. Which one? Uh, the Rams? Arsenal. Okay. Arsenal? Um, Arsenal? Arsenio? Arsenio Arsen- Hall. <laughs> He's on the team, right? <laughs> Seattle, though, this game ravaged by international call-ups and injuries. And uh, we should have had Nick and Sasha here. Or they should have, really, because they could have started, maybe. They probably could have started. I mean, I saw... <laughs> We saw Nick play in the uh, futsal tournament. I don't think you wanted him on the back We got better. We'll talk about the futsal tournament when we come back from the break. That's fine. Under Shinichiki scores two goals. Uh, He apparently, according to whoever wrote this, has musketeer facial. He does. He has a a blonde mustache and a little pointy beard. Just his chin. That's pointy. Goals for one, wins for all in this game. Oh, wins for Colorado. Yeah. yeah, Also, um, I hate to say it as a Loons fan, Andre Shinichiki is probably the rookie of the year. Okay. Right, yeah. As long as I gets defender of the year, you know. Yeah. Nice. Sorry, Hassani. Sorry, Chase. But Shindy Shiki's been really, really good for them. Yeah. Also, his name is really fun to say. It so is. So like, Hassani is really fun to say, too. But Shindy Shiki. Come Gasper. on. Man. Can we, can we uh, merge them to one player? Hassani, Shindy Shiki. 
Ooh, oh, damn. Unstoppable man. player. <laughs> future of the United say. States national team. <laughs> um, Portland Timbers. They came up against SKC 2-1. Winners, the Timbers. Benny Phil Haber, though. That cross was such a great goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean... He obviously didn't mean that it. That cross but, was amazing you, you in the know, way that it scored. <laughs> you, you know, some players, you're like, who scored what? And then you're like, uh, and then, then you're told, like, actually, it wasn't. He didn't mean it to be a goal. And you're like, oh, yeah, totally. Fail off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it yeah. Had, I mean, like, that thing sailed 10 feet over Eric Hurtado's head. But then it landed in the corner of the goal. Yeah. yeah it was, uh, I mean, you know, as far as fluky goals go, it's pretty great. And this happened in the 65th minute. SKC feeling pretty good about themselves, as we discussed in the podcast. They've been kind of struggling this year. So, you know, it's kind of like, oh, look at that. What a yeah. beautiful goal away from home. We're going to take this, boys. 83rd minute. SKC still feeling good. Like, warm up the barbecue, yo. We're coming home tomorrow. And uh, Jerem, Jeremy Ibabasi. He just poured a bunch of mustard into the barbecue sauce. And went, right. Carolina, bitch. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's from Duke, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's really good. Very good. So I, I'm cute. very impressed by that one. <laughs> then he equalizes, and then Brad Fernandez comes and spits on the barbecue. <laughs> no, no, no. That was too far, man. Like, there's still good barbecue sauce, but yeah. whatever. Like, it's all yours now, yeah. dick. Like, 94th minute goal. Um, tears and vinegar, I guess. Yeah, he, he was really happy. Uh, so, but anyway, and sorry, Nick. Your nemesis got a very late, very fantastic winner. So, yeah. All right, well, that's it for MLS stuff. Let's take a break right here. We'll return with uh, a lot of international news in the second part of our show. So, futsal tournament was this weekend. The Daves won. Lame. Yeah, Tristan Holm is really good at football. Futsal. Yeah, like, that was... Aside from the Daves being generally okay at it, Chris Lidholm being fantastic was a massive, massive shock. Who who let us down, guys? Me. Oh, come on, you're supposed to blame No, else. no, trust me. There is a very good reason that in our final game, as we were like trying to get three points, we subbed like we didn't sub in either me or Nick until the second, second half. half when we were were we up at that point or were we tied? No, we were, I think we were down. Like we were up at halftime. Yeah, two to one. Yeah, and then like Jake Chalcraft was like, "Nick, do you want in?" and then things went haywire and then eventually i was just like nick get off i'm i'm coming in and things continue to be haywire so <laughs> so over a thousand dollars raised for charity I think, yeah 1100 or 1200 one of the two yep somewhere between there um like a girl was the uh beneficiary of that fantastic yep um commiserations to our fallen teammate dan um i did hear back from him it was only an achilles strain Thankfully, yeah, hey, I wouldn't mind having the same injury that Megan Rapino had. I'm seriously, you know, I mean, time, like, you know, it's like, yeah, like it the way that he went down, I was very concerned that ooh. he would like not be able to walk in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, he seems to have just strained it, no tears. So that's good, all is well. Phoenix Rising and USL continued their winning streak to 18 games this week. So I just wanted to give you that little bit of lower leagues news but let's move swiftly along to um talking about minnesota united in our special sub segment don't look back in anger In this segment, we discuss Minnesota United FC and uh, just look at their friendly because everything else right now is kind of annoying. So, uh, yeah, um, 2 2 against Pachuca. I think I'm the only one in here that went to that game. Yep. Yeah, I wasn't there. I left after 45 minutes because my feet really, really hurt after playing futsal <laughs> and I kind of pulled my hamstring as well. And I was up in the wall. Okay. And that was not a good decision on my part. Thomas Chacon got his first 90 minutes from Minnesota United in this game. And, you know, we could talk about 
the goals and Pachuca, all this stuff. Apparently, it was a very fun atmosphere. Whatever. I, it's a friendly. You know, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, I do want to ask you a really important, substantial question, though, regarding Chacon, because now he's got his 90 minutes. Is this team likely to embrace the Thomas the Tank Engine memes with Chacon? Or are they just going to be like, you know, that's a little insulting to the guy. We can't do that. Because, like, I want, every time he scores, I want to hear... Maybe a little Ringo no, 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 Star keep, keep narration. Going. Keep going. You know? <laughs> uh, maybe then they can do the Biggie remix if he scores, like, a hat trick. Uh, so... <laughs> Aside from that being a terrible idea, no. Um, I will say this: the, mu- the music is bad. Yeah, the music is bad. The only redeeming quality of that is like, Biggie. Yeah, they play Baby Shark. I'm not saying that's good. It's yeah, bad. it's bad. They, they were Baby like, Shark is bullshit. Yeah, also, we'll do Baby terrible. Shark after five okay, okay, goals. Okay, okay, okay. Because okay, of course no. we're going to score Baby five. Shark is dumb. <laughs> what, one more thing. If we embrace the Thomas the Tank Engine thing, every time there's another player with one of the Thomas the Tank Engine names, like Gordon, Percy, uh, uh, who's who's the uh, James the Red Engine? I think it was James Red. How do, how do you know all these? I watched a lot of Thomas the Tank Engine. How dare you? I did not. I did, and I don't know these. Ringo Starr narrated the English version. I know, uh, but the, that the, doesn't the, change the British version. Yeah, that doesn't change the fact that like. We were kids, and that was a long time There's ago. There's just so many I possibilities. I can't remember what I had for lunch last week. If, if he's really good, Chacon, at, like, bottling, marking a guy, you can make that episode where they uh, wall up one of the, like, bad engines and in a tunnel. And leave them to die. Exactly. You, a children's show. What is wrong with them? Yeah, there's so many possibilities is all I'm saying. With, with this. I'm, I'm vetoing this. I'm, ve- oh. I'm blocking it. You're shooting it from the bo- edge of the box. I'm diving to my right and blocking it. There's also some I'm great. There's also a great like YouTube video where some guy took a Thomas the Tank Engine 3D model and put it into Skyrim. So like Thomas the Tank Engine is one all of the, the dragons. All the dragons are Thomas the Tank Engine. Yes, yeah. I saw that. That's pretty. That hilarious. sounds amazing. See, so there's yeah. just so many possibilities. Like, but no, that I'm okay but no. with. But yeah, I mean, it, Thomas is not really much of a tank. I would say. Okay. Okay. He, okay. He's he's a little bit slight of frame for that. All right. All right. Well, all right, let's move on from that. Talk about a bit of substantial news from today, which is that Miguel Ibarra is selling his condo. Everybody panic. Mark Fangmeyer discovered this on Instagram. <sighs> I really wish we had more games to talk about. We made a real turn. I really turn. wish we had more games we to talk about. We made a real turn. Deleted Instagram. <laughs> Because he scared the shit out of the whole family. Oh, god damn it. Like, he didn't sell his condo. It's fine. Like, you didn't buy I, a house somewhere. Yeah, I, I wouldn't honestly want to live in downtown Minneapolis. Like, that's a really tired scene. Come on. He could be renting an apartment and, like, I think his girlfriend is in Tampa Bay now. Yeah. Like, she works around the race. Yeah. yeah. Ali Krinks? Yeah. Yep. She used to be a golfer hockey analyst. Yeah. So okay. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, sorry, I, I, I must say everything. this though. Like, the fact that Mark Fangmeyer freaked out makes it very clear that Miguel Ibarra <laughs> is staying next year. So we can yeah, thank him Mark, for that. Whatever Mark puts a watch on does not happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> what about his like? If he puts a watch on his own like like arm. It'll disappear like Marty McFly in the picture, but it goes back in time. <laughs> All right, talk, talk to me about Loons on international duty. What happened? Robin Lude and Rasmus Schuller went out for Finland. Um, Lude played the full 90 in both games, uh, playing as a right wing. Um, Rasmus Schuller was a garbage time sub against Greece. Um, against Italy, Schuller played 87 minutes. Kind of nondescript for them. Um, they did beat Greece at home, uh, but lost 2 1 on uh, what was described as a bullshit penalty for a non intentional handball. Uh, Jan Gregus was an unused sub in Slovakia's 4 0 home beatdown against Croatia. It's almost like he should have played or something. Um, he was then a very late sub in their 2 1 loss against Hungary. Ooh, Again. That's a bit. It's almost like. Defeat. Yeah, like he probably should have been playing. Kevin Molino, um, two full 90 performances, including a goal um, against Martinique in both games there. Um, Tanzania's Ali Nganzi 
who, yes, he is, in fact, a loon, despite playing for Forward Madison. I, was, hey, I saw him wear and play in a Minnesota United jersey. Yeah, I, I saw it, too. I, I know that he exists. I, I'm comfortable yeah, with he's, that. He's not Brandon Allen. I know or he some exists. Other made up name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, he was an unused sub in Tanzania's home-and-away uh, qualifier against Burundi. Um, Tanzania advancing to the second round of African World Cup qualifiers. 3-0 on penalty kicks after both games ended 1-1. And the most important one for USMNT fans, Mason Toy and Hassani Dotson played the first half against the Japan U23s for the U.S. potential Olympic qualifying team. And guess who scored a goal? Uh, I'll give you a hint. It wasn't a banger. Oh, sorry. Uh, it was Mason Toy. It was Mason Toy. Toy what, Story. What, what, what's, what's... U23 edition. Was it not a banger? We don't know, actually. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, it might have been. It didn't sound like a banger. I'm imagining a banger. It, it sounded like Brendan Aronson from Philly had a really nice pass that went straight onto Toy just but, running onto but, but it. But there are no goal. There are no videos. There's no sound. There's no, like, courtroom quick sketch of the goals. We can just imagine whatever we want. Toy stored from his own half, Rooney style. Rooney style. It and it and it hit the bar, dropped onto the line, and everyone was like confused for a second. And then the referee went to VAR in this closed door scrimmage in a tiny little field because they had VAR for it. I'm imagining. It's imagine I can do whatever I want. And then the goal was called, and Jeff Hurst came in and said, "Like I did that in '66. I wish they had VAR at that time. Man, two United fans have been right about VAR the whole time." And then Mason Toy was like, that's right. I read their tweets all the time. I listen to the podcast. Man, Jeff Hurst, it's so cool that we share this love of this podcast. My favorite's Caleb. He's the best. That's, that's, what, he, that's what Mason hey, Toy said. are you imagining as am I? Fine, that was just Honey Dotson in the background. It's like, oh, okay. I agree. There, the there, there you go. Okay, okay. okay. I'll ask so, them on Sunday. They're, they're <laughs> fantastic. So, so see, that, that's, how, that's, I think, how this all went. Okay, uh, let's move straight on to... Do we want to discuss stuff about United Kingdom's little news bullets. No, not really. There's Aside really from there. making fun of Danny Drinkwater, like that's the only You should have drank more water that night. Yeah, and don't waka, waka. and not fire water. Don't waka, be a lech. Waka. Yeah, don't, don't be, be a lech. And um I like this stat. Gary Monk is the ninth consecutive Sheffield Wednesday manager who wasn't born on a Wednesday. <laughs> and the last one who was got them promoted. So that's... They should really look to, look to those stats. Yeah. To hire someone who's born on a Wednesday. Like... Right. I didn't Anal- read them. I, I was born yeah, on a Thursday. Data so. analytics revolution. I'm yeah, telling right, you guys. Right. Uh, Harry Kane says he's never dived in his life. <laughs> someone, someone find him in a like di- on a diving board on a, on a pool and be like bullshit you fucking liar there you go <laughs> Solskjaer has not had any away wins since taking the job full time Manchester United worst start of the season 27 years one clean sheet in 19 matches you love to see it yeah. you really do alright let's all move into a segment instead of just talking about random crap in a mist of podcast primordial ooze uh, we'll, we'll, uh, let's move into the segment that we call They Don't Call It Soccer in Brackets. Some do, though. We've already talked about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about already. Uh, first up, Nicholas Bentner news. What? He's still playing? Yeah, apparently. He's still a thing. Somehow. He was in Rosenborg up in Norway for a while. Yeah. Right. Now and then signs for Copenhagen and the jersey sell out for Lord Bentner. Of and, all people. And they have to move their training behind closed doors because people are worried. <laughs> have you seen that video of him like doing like close range shot training and it's no. just going over and around the yeah. goal not in the goal yeah that is 100 <laughs> really percent i remember see it's it's like you know how we think the fifa writes the scripts for these games they need someone to make the close misses that fans go like ooh. you know you can't have all those close shots going so yeah but like, like they don't really write that many scripts in Copenhagen anymore it's more you know england and spain true, like, true. it those storylines in Copenhagen kind of just fizzled out. I don't see them much right, anymore. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Still hey, back to them. Speaking of other players, you're like he's still playing. Uh, Samuel Eto'o, and speaking of which, he's not anymore. He retired <laughs> at the age of, I believe, it was 38. Is that correct? It's like, uh, oh, is he still playing? Actually, no, he's not. So, African Player of the yeah. Year record four times between 2003 and 2010. He played for Real and Barca, one of the few players who's managed to do that. Uh, he was also played for Inter Milan, Chelsea. Three La Liga titles, three Champions League titles, one Serie A title. He kind of flamed out in the last five years or so. But, man, in his day, he was peak value. Yeah. Yes, indeed. A couple of uh, notes from K 
CONCACAF qualifiers. Uh, specifically, Somalia, the lowest-ranked team in Africa, beat Zimbabwe 1-0, and then heartbreakingly lost in their second leg, uh, letting in an 87th-minute goal that otherwise would have sent them through the second round for the first time in their program's history. Liberia, meanwhile, advanced over Sierra Leone as 18-year-old keeper Ashley Williams saved a penalty in the 93rd minute that would have put Sierra Leone through. Colorado fans are super stoked that Kai Kamara will probably not have to be flying off for international duty anytime soon. Let's talk about the European qualifiers where there was no VAR. Not all the stadiums can manage VAR, which and wasn't that something is weird. where they didn't have it in the first double rounds, so they're not going to add it in now, or something like I that. I guess it's 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 a weird decision, but it's almost like I think they, they should have to... like planned ahead or something. No, yeah. no, no. I think I think what needs to happen is you know these decisions that are sometimes made. They're you know in retrospect they're not good, and if there was some way to review these decisions, not to have VAR <laughs> and go back and change them. We need to var the var. There you go. <laughs> Double who, var. Who vars the var? We <laughs> not think outside the Xbox. Outside the var. Outside the var. <laughs> outside the var. Uh, I'm drawing with my finger the var sign. If you can't see it from home, you can't. If you're listening. Can we just have international breaks all the time, guys? Um, In addition to beating <laughs> Finland 2-1, Italy also beat Armenia 3-1. Uh, Spain with a 2-1 win over Romania. Uh, kind of surprising that they only scored two in that one. And then they also beat the Faroe Islands 4-0. Kind of surprised that they scored only four in that one. So... Yeah. Spain in crisis. Ireland with a 1-1 draw heroically against Switzerland. David Germ- McGoldrick with the first goal of his career at age 31. Germany losing to Netherlands in Hamburg. I believe it was the first time that they have lost to a team in Hamburg in some like decades. This was a fantastic game. I think the game of the break. Well, yeah, you're happy when Alden scored. Yeah. <sighs> And Late uh, on. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he got yeah, the fourth, fourth goal. This, the game sealer. But this, this one had a VAR decision in, or a decision that should have went to VAR and overturned. Jeremy Sandro was a penalty. Um, a handball on Matthias Delight. De Ligt. Delight. And Matthias Afternoon Delight. And but <laughs> it shouldn't have been a penalty because a ball was in the air. He doesn't, he doesn't, it, it's floating in the air up above him. He like, just deflected it off with the Germany player he goes up in the air he gets up from his slide tackle he's looking around for the ball and hits him in the arm like that's not a penalty he didn't make the move to hit the ball with his arm it just landed on his arm yeah but luckily at that point it was I think 2-1 or 2-2 Germany 1-2 but then Netherlands came back and scored 2 right away yes indeed Memphis Defy has now scored 14 and assisted 14 goals in his last 25 games for the Netherlands. Pretty prolific there. Germany beat Northern Ireland 2-0. Take that. No, no, no. We Uh, we have to move on real quick. Netherlands beat Estonia 4-0. Croatia beat Slovakia 4-1. This game notable for the fact that a group of Croatian fans sung a lullaby to a baby in the stadium, a Slovakian child in the stadium, before the match began. Aww. Yeah, it was pretty nice. That's the nicest thing that Russian fans has ever done. So, France played Albania, and before this game, the wrong <sighs> national anthem was played for Albania. I believe it was the Angolan national anthem. No, I'm it was the Andorran national anthem. The Andorran, because they were going to play Andorra yes, in the next game. Yep. And uh, the stadium announcer then apologized profusely to the Armenians. Oops. I mean, I, 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 at this point, you might as well apologize to everybody. I'm sure France I mean, there's definitely people in Europe that should apologize to the Armenians, but it's not the French. As well, the wow. French can apologize to a lot of different countries <laughs> yeah, themselves. That, that is very true. So, yeah. so well, but still, at this point, not uh, not a good idea to, to apologize to the wrong team. So the Albanians weren't very happy, and they were like, we're not going to play this game until you fix this problem and play our national anthem. Yeah. So that they did. And, like, sense. actually apologize to us. Okay, now lose the game. No? Okay, all right. 4-1 the score to France, uh, sadly. And France also beating Antora 3-0. No, no idea if the anthems were correct in that one. I mean, just play the same track, guys. Yeah, okay. Portugal beat Serbia 4-2. Then they beat Lithuania 5-1. England, England beat... Uh, Bulgaria, 4-0. Harry Kane had a cap trick. He had two penalties in this. I don't think it's a hat trick. It was only cap trick. 
Yeah. Bandana trick was didn't roll off the tongue as well. Are there other headgear that we could refer to? Uh, none that would fit his dumb forehead. <laughs> nice. Uh, England then tried their best to lose against Kosovo, but still won the game 5-3. Kosovo scored in the first minute of the game on the first shot. Sadly, uh, England e- equalizing the game seven minutes later from Raheem Sterling. Uh, Kosovo then scores an own goal. Jaden Sancho scores two. Game ends 5-3. Uh, Belgium played Scotland and beat them 4-0. They also beat San Marino 4-0. So at this point, is Scotland San Marino? I mean, I haven't seen them in the same place. Yeah, I mean, neither have I. Uh, let's see, any other news? Oh, yeah. Oh, sad news, actually. Uh, Kurosawa's reserve keeper, Jerzinho Peter, was found dead in his hotel room in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, one day before the Nations League match. Apparently, he'd gone to the doctor complaining, and um, he was later... Found deceased, cause of death unknown at this point. The players came out with a unanimous statement informing staff that they will be playing their game. Um, you never like to hear stories like this of players passing away. Kafu's 30-year-old son also passed away after complaining about pain after playing a goal. Uh, Kafu, Brazilian legend. So kind of sad um, sad result here. That Kurosawa Haiti game ending 1-1 today. So, hey, let's talk about uh, the Unidos, Estados Unidos, in a segment that we call Keep Hope Alive. I wanted to come at this segment at the end because, you know, the hope's kind of dead. Don't you think? Do you have any hope left? I mean, I mean, my hope was fulfilled back in July, so... Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I've changed the segment uh, in short to say, here's to hoping for the U.S. national team as the women fight for equal pay and the men start the process for the World Cup. And I, I'm hopeful for the equal pay fight. And, um, you know... That was vic- awesome when that chant got through the stadium, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And the Victory Tour game was fantastic. Loved yeah, was a lot of being celebbed out, like I was saying. And um, loved to see the players staying afterwards, sign a lot of t-shirts. It was fantastic to and be honestly, able to walk to a, to a game with the world's greatest athletes like 10 minutes from my place. Yeah, and honestly, at times that game felt like a Globetrotters versus Generals game. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't that the U.S. was showing off or anything. It was just they were that good and and it's remarkable to see a team that is in such control of their powers the only bad thing i will say about wnt games is that one and like the fans at either end of the stadium are only getting (laughs) one half of the action otherwise the game is just on the other side so anyway forget forget about the hope aspect there because there's nothing to hope for but uh with the um with the guys. There is nothing to hope <laughs> for. That's the darkest thing to say on this podcast. And Talon talked about Northern Irish previously on this podcast before. And you yeah. talked about the Armenian genocide just like five just minutes ago. Turkish, okay, okay. Apologize. L- l- let me put it this way. There's nothing we need to hope for competitively for the women. But for the men, there is nothing to hope for. Like, hope is dead. We got beat 3-0 by Mexico. Because, uh, you know, the U.S. Soccer Federation was like, hey, you know what we need? These are friendlies non-competitive games you know what we need to do let's bring our most heated rival in right when we appointed this new coach who still hasn't figured a system out so we no, might he's, have this he's hum- figured out his system everyone else hasn't right we'll, we'll have this uh, embarrassing potential for a really embarrassing loss and um yeah and then of course we'll play the next game on a tuesday because you know what happens after we've lost in an embarrassing fashion stadiums fill the fuck up like that that was carlos cordero baseball stadiums fill the fuck up if anything i believe as of yesterday there were only seventeen thousand tickets sold to the uruguay game Oof. i don't know if that's changed that is that is not not good not yeah but uh they are playing uruguay as we speak uh has and anyone they, looked at the attended. score yeah it's yep. at one one uh, jordan morris with the goal for the u.s Brian reclaiming Rodgers. some pride yep um this was this was just that Mexico game was a microcosm of everything that fans are upset about with the United States right now. Like, Did Wondolowski miss another goal? Uh, no. No. We've moved on, surprisingly. Mm. Not all of us. Somehow. <laughs> Some Not all of us have moved on, Colin. I understand. At this point, it seems like Greg Berhalter really knows what he wants to do. But he hasn't been able to work with... A group of players that jet in for like a week before games and somehow figure it out. Like, 
I love the way that Burhalter wants to play, but all of these games have kind of felt like the stress test in Bar Rescue, where like John Taffer shows up, he puts in a couple of his experts that frankly their ideas aren't really that original, but okay, whatever. But like the well-meaning staff of the place that he's trying to rescue just have no fucking idea what they're doing. They don't know how to work the systems that are getting installed, and they fail. And the more and more they fail without any like really intensive training, without any real sign that Burhalter is getting through to them, the more skeptical I am that this whole idea of learn by getting beat by better teams than you, I don't know how well that actually does work. Yeah, and um, also when you come out and say after a 3-0 loss, you know what what was good about that 3-0 loss? It wasn't as bad, in my opinion, as the 1-0 loss in the Gold Cup final. Yeah. No, I know 3 is more than 1. And at least in the Gold Cup final, we had chances to score. Like, I know what Greg Berhalter is trying to say. I mean, if and I know that it doesn't necessarily matter that we as fans are really fucking sick of losing to Mexico 3-0. Don't say that after the game. Tell that to the players. Tell that and say, I really liked these things that you did. Positively enforce those things in the locker room and then come out to the media and say, here are the things that we need to continue to improve on. I think something that this Costa Rican soccer coach, former, as as of recently, (laughs) said uh, kind of applies here, which is that he said, I'm quitting the national team job because uh, I'm bored. Gustavo Matosas, after less than a year, he quit and he said he was just bored, um, doing nothing in between these international breaks. I think that kind of illustrates something about Burhalter, which is that he's used to being a cup coach where you've got your team with you Mm -hmm. for... A whole, almost an entire year, and you can play with them week in, week out. And, like, the specific type of ball control and passing that he wants to do is entirely a systems-based style of play. It's not something where you just plug in players and say, I trust you to go out and influence the game in a way that I want you to. And if you had an entire nation playing the same system from the youth setup onwards which a certain Mr. Jay Klinsman wanted to establish over time as technical director of the U.S. Soccer Federation. Maybe that's an acceptable attitude to have because then you can have players from throughout their lives who have played under a certain system in the national team setups, and then you can bring them in the men's national team and play the same thing. You know, But we don't have that here, and Greg Berhalter has been on the job for a year. You know, You can't really do that right now, buddy. So anyway, uh, hopefully something happens... I, you know, yeah, magic. Remember that Tata Martino, who now coaches Mexico, was not considered for the U.S. men's national team job because he doesn't speak English fluently. Apparently, he showed up to his interview with Darren Eels. Fuck, fuck, I have choke saying this. He showed up to his interview with Darren Eels at Atlanta United by saying, number one, he asked for the Atlanta job. He wasn't contacted about it. And then he showed up having watched all the other MLS teams played, having play, watched them play and taken scouting notes. On all of them. Yeah. Again, I don't think that Greg Berhalter is a bad coach. I don't think that he would go into a similar meeting without having a good idea of his opponents. It just takes so fucking long to install that system. And he doesn't have the players yet that know how to do it, except for guys like Jossie Zardis and Will Trapp. Those are the guys that know how to play Burhalter. I think we're, we're talking circumstance, though, right? Like, you go into the circumstance that you're given with the kind of attitude. And when you're going... I think what Tata Martino has shown is that he is not somebody who... I think it shows a certain level of humility. When you're coming in as an ex-Barcelona coach into a meeting for an MLS thing and you've decided to watch all of your opponents and prepare for the meeting, it just shows me that he's not coming in thinking, this is 
the greatest man alive coming into because that's what we all assumed, right? We were all assumed that Atlanta United scouted this guy and like paid him a bomb of money, convinced him against his will, and then he's left as soon as he could to take something better. And what we learned is that he's and and this is kind of informant. Some there's also been some anecdotes of his work in Mexico that have been coming out that are kind of along the similar vein, which I I think we need somebody like that for the U.S. setup who can take what the U.S. has and make the most of it rather than, just as you're saying, trying to do something that isn't going to happen. Right. You can't fit these players into a system that's not going to play to their best skill set. You need some a system that can play the best, get the best out of each player on the field that can also be fluid enough when you make subs to not lose much when you take those players off. Or get it's, something different out of different players that right. can plug in right. depending it's on the situation. definitely easier said than done to find that system. But, is, but Greg Berhalter is a really smart coach that knows how to do it rather than just say it. But yeah, I mean, he might be trying to force the wrong system is the problem. But honestly, he's been coached for how long? Just so under a year? How many games he's coached? Off with his head. Guillotines now for yeah. Berhalter. Yeah. Let's kill him. If only he had an extra year under his belt. Why wouldn't he have that? I don't understand why you wouldn't have it. We had a year where we didn't have a coach. I just don't understand why you couldn't have that job sooner. All right, so, so patience for Mr. Berhalter. Okay. We will see what happens with him as the months roll on. Um, yeah, because these games are starting to count as we do through, as we go forward. They start yeah. counting towards our World Cup qualifying. And uh-huh. yeah, this could be bad. All right, let's move on to a segment that we call Confessions. Workoff confesses everything he knows and you should forget. So there's a very strange happening during President Donald Trump's talking about the fact that the uh, Taliban would not be coming to Camp David to meet with him about a potential Afghan peace deal. Not only did that conceptually almost happen... Uh, guess who is standing over his shoulder? FIFA President Johnny Infantino. What in the fuck? Wait, wait is that true? That is seriously I, very true. Oh my god. Johnny Infantino was awkwardly standing there because he was the guest that was walking out as the president just met all of those reporters and had important things to say about Afghanistan, which led people to ask, what in the fuck was Johnny Infantino doing at the White House? I actually, and this will surprise you, I figured out that he was asking for advice. See, with the 2022 World Cup coming in Qatar, one of the big concerns going into the World Cup was just how hot it was. Um, knowing that the temperatures were going to be over 100 degrees, there were these really lavish plans for climate-controlled stadiums, things like that. However, most of those have fallen by the wayside because nobody can afford it. it it's prohibitively expensive. Infantino was coming to the president and asking for advice, specifically how you can change the weather with the use of a Sharpie. Infantino was hoping that President Trump could inform him how he can move weather patterns around to possibly hit Qatar with some cold fronts during the World Cup in 2022 just by drawing things on a map. It's unclear whether or not a good solution came out of it. Again, this was the guy that also said that you can nuke a hurricane and it would just dissipate, but... At the very least, I would imagine that shares in Sharpie are going up significantly with the eye towards 2022. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we have been running quite long. So <laughs> let's, really? Yeah. <laughs> so so let's let's tell the good people where they can find us on Twitter. My tales in 716. Also uh, wrote a book or helped write a book called The Complete Darkness. I can buy it on bylinepress.org. I'd really appreciate it if you did that. 
Uh, you can find me at the attachments. You can find my writings over at epluribusalunum.com. I'm covering the game on Sunday against Real Salt Lake. So uh, naturally, I will be able to ask Mason Toy and Hassani Dotson their thoughts on Caleb versus me. I'm pretty sure I know what the thoughts are about Notch. I can be found at LockStockSpock on Twitter. I wrote a little opinion piece at epluribusalunum about this yes, whole... Uh, MLS political statement business before I knew that Minnesota United had decided to get involved. So uh, check that out. It's surprisingly relevant now. And you can find all of us at Two United Fans on Twitter. You can also find Nick Rodriguez, who usually edits this podcast, at Nick Rodriguez on Twitter. Wish him a happy wedding this coming Friday. And with that, we bid you adieu for another seven days. Take us away, Tectonics. Hey,